0: Some of you here uh, will know the name Pat Bailey, who is one of God's great saints. And uh, she was a friend to so many people here in this congregation and helped us all along in our faith. And uh, sadly, she died from COVID last year, just a few months short of the vaccination being rolled out. Um, And anyway, uh, one time I was thinking of her because one time when Pat's son and his wife were going away for their 15th anniversary trip, Pat went to stay with the two grandsons, uh, Nathan, who was seven, and Joshua, who was five. And Pat had a lot of fun things for them to do lined up. They were going to do a lot of pool splashing and uh, eating a Happy Meal and all that kind of stuff. But the day that the parents left, it just poured rain. It rained, and it rained, and it rained, kind of like it did here the last couple days. And. Uh, Pat brought out her famous granny bag with marionette toys and all this kind of stuff to try to help, but it didn't work. And she said, we spent most of the day standing at the window, staring out at the pool, watching it fill up with rainwater. (laughs) So at bedtime, uh, Josh and Nathan's mom and dad called from where they were going and just to see how the boys were doing. And when the two boys heard their voices, they started crying. And finally, uh, Nathan looked up at Pat and said, "'Grandma, I feel homesick, but I'm home. How can that be?' Well, have you ever, have you ever felt that feeling? I'm where I'm supposed to be, but it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I'm home, but I'm homesick.' I felt that way this Wednesday when I read the news. Here were the headlines. Um, Higher food prices hit the poor and those who help them. Fuhrer erupts at top consulting firm over helping the worst polluters. General Mark Milley said the Chinese test of a hypersonic missile has all of our attention. Gangs rule much of Haiti. A country in crisis is facing a severe fuel shortage that is pushing it to the brink of collapse. And if you still have the stomach to keep going, how about this one? I was hacked. The spyware used against me makes us all vulnerable. And finally, this was my favorite. How will we live if COVID is here to stay? And I didn't read the article. (laughs) You know, but I felt like seven-year-old Nathan. I, I felt like crying, and I'm just like, Lord, I know this earth is where you have placed us. You've created me. I know this is my home, but I'm homesick. Man, how can that be? Maybe, maybe you're feeling that way in your life right now. Uh, uh, one member of Savior told me this week, I feel like the times are getting darker spiritually. seems like people are more anxious, more fearful. Uh, maybe for you, that homesickness is caused by something that's going on in your life, very up close and personal. Maybe it's, it's at your work, you're pressured at your work. Maybe you have a relationship right now that's super strained a friend, a family member, it's just not right. Maybe your health is concerning you, but whether it's in our our work or our relationships or our body, you and I often find ourselves at home where we're supposed to be, but we are homesick, longing for things to be right again. And if you can understand that feeling, then you will understand exactly how the early Christians were feeling who received the book of Revelation. They are under pressure. People hate them because of their faith. A lot of people will not support a business if it's run by a Christian. So they're under economic pressure as well. Some of them have gone to jail. And their pastor, John, has now been exiled miles of ocean water away to a rocky island called Patmos. So they cannot see him. It's like the time when we most need somebody strong that we trust in leadership and he's been taken away. So God in his mercy gives Pastor John on that island some visions, some revelations to pass on to these believers, to give them hope, to give them courage, to console their homesick hearts. And notice that John doesn't give them platitudes. He gives them pictures. Now, tonight we're going to look at three of those pictures, and I really hope that God will use those for some of you tonight to restore your hope, to renew your courage in these troubled times, and to soothe your homesick heart. Well, the three pictures are given to us there in Revelation 21, a passage that scholar Michael Gorman calls the climax of the book of Revelation, the climax of the New Testament, the climax of the entire Bible, the climax of the story of God, and the climax of the story of humanity. Not bad. So if you look there at verse 1, John says, Then I saw, it's a picture, a new heaven, and a new earth. For the old heaven, the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. The Bible begins with a beginning, which is logical. But here it ends with a beginning. A new beginning. A beginning of the beginning, <laughs> like a rebeginning. And the earth we've got right now, friends, it's just it was created beautiful, but it is largely ruined by human ways of thinking and acting and going about things. I was thinking about that on Friday. Karen and I went to get our vaccine booster, and I was, on the one hand, I was super grateful that these amazing vaccines are now available for, for us and for many, right? But I couldn't help but think, and millions of people in Africa right now can't get their first dose, and I'm getting a third dose. Does that seem right to you? It does not seem right to me. And this is just a distribution problem. Look, if Amazon can get me a toothbrush in six hours, this should be able to be solved. It's not that hard. Or it could at least be improved. But there's always in the way we humans go about things, those little tiny things called self-focus, corporate profits, greed, whatever. So God shows John, Here's the blueprint of what I'm going to build a new earth, a new place for humans to live in, and a place where they will thrive. And John looks over God's blueprint and he notices um, you don't have an ocean on there, there's no sea. The sea, for the minds of most of the biblical writers, represents chaos It represents all those powerful forces in life that you and I cannot control. And guess what? That's most of life. (laughs) The older I get, the more I realize that. And just like the sea covers most of the earth, (laughs) most of our lives we don't have control over. Inflation right now? Nope. The economy? Nope. A global pandemic? No. Political gridlock? Nope. The choices that our friends or our children make, no. And so now, though, in God's new blueprint for a new heaven and new earth, all those powerful, unstoppable, chaotic forces that bring so much grief to our hearts are gone. And John says, I saw it. God's new heaven and new earth, there's no sea. Now, notice one thing before we move on in this picture God's plan is not no earth. I tried the earth thing and now I'm done with that. God's plan is a new earth. Earth was created good, it just needs an extreme makeover planet edition or (laughs) universe edition. One reason why you and I as Christians should care for the earth is because we're gonna be here a long, long time. Yes, it needs God's renovation, but think about it, God's preferred method of working is makeover that's what he did for you and for me when we came to faith in god he didn't say i'm destroying you because you've been a sinner and you still are he didn't do that he moved into our lives by the power and presence of the holy spirit and he decides i'm gonna do an amazing makeover on this place i love those home shows they always walk in and the first thing they want to do is blow out some walls right we're gonna get rid of that wall we're gonna get rid of that wall we're gonna open this up And the people are excited and their eyes are going like this because they're thinking about the cost. But anyway, you know, when God moved into my life, he started, like, getting rid of some things. The language had to go. The dirty jokes had to go. He started moving in. He started changing and improving things. My desires, my career trajectory, the way I was thinking about other people, all that began to change. And you know what? He's still on the site. The hammer's still going, and the circular saw is still rolling, and until and the day that God does the finishing touch, which is He gives me a, and you He will too, a glorious, strong resurrection body. Praise the Lord, I want it. And that's what God is going to do for everyone who follows him. Now imagine what it must have been like for uh, Peter after Jesus has been killed. He is wrecked that his friend who he followed closely for for three years, he was his closest confidant, he he always had Jesus' back, that kind of thing, and he's wrecked that he's gone. He's not coming back, and Peter knows I'm partly responsible. I didn't do what I could do, and so he's in this room that's locked down. They've gone into lockdown, and who comes walking in but Jesus that cannot be right but it is he stands there talking he shows them his side he eats fish i love that it would be like if pat bailey walked in here right now and just came up the pew and we'd be like pat pat what are you what are you doing here pat you died from covid pat well yeah there was that but i'm alive in christ i'm fully alive forever And that's the picture that John sees. There's a new heaven, a new earth, no sea, resurrected people. Praise the Lord. When we are homesick, that's the picture we need to take in. But as beautiful as that is, that's just setting the stage for this next picture, picture two. Verse two, John says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. They'll be his people. God himself will be with them. Jerusalem is the picture of the place where God is fully visible, fully knowable. And it's also the place where he's fully obeyed. How many times have you and I prayed, Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done down here on earth just as it already is in heaven. So God says, that prayer is getting answered. I'm moving. I'm bringing the whole show down here where I will be fully visible, glorious in power with my people and fully obeyed. God is relocating. I love the message translation. It says, look, look, God's moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. They're his people. He's their God. Mostly here on earth, one of the frustrating things is we get usually just glimpses of God. But one day, as we believe in Jesus, you and I are finally going to see the God that we've heard about and longed for. That is stunning to try to take in so i thought about it this way some of you are artists here and all your life you've had this longing for beauty whether in whatever media or music or visual arts and one look upon god and you and i will find so much beauty we will not be able to breathe Uh, the, the John, already in Revelation, has tried to use words to describe God like crystal and emerald and lightning, and those beautiful words still don't do it. Philip Yancey writes this He says, I have stood in the midst of Iguazu Falls in Brazil. I'm guessing some of you have too. As gorgeous tropical butterflies, winged bearers of abstract art, landed on my arms to lap up the moisture. I've crouched beside a bay in Alaska as a pod of feeding beluga whales made shiny crescents of silver in unison against the dark green water. I've sat under a baobab tree in Kenya as giraffes loped effortlessly under sunset clouds and a line of half a million wildebeest marched single file across the plain. Friends, if that is the beauty taking away our breath beauty of what God made on here on earth, what will it be like to view God himself and to see him? We'll be lost in wonder. We'll say in words from the scriptures, you are the blessed and only creator. You alone live in unapproachable light. Strength and beauty are in your sanctuary. I stand in awe of you in all your holy splendor. Are you homesick right now? Do you know things aren't right here? You'll see God. God's home will be among his people. He will live with them. And they will, he, God himself will be with them. Praise the Lord. Well, that's picture number two. When God relocates into our neighborhood, what happens? And John tells us in picture number three. Verse four, God will wipe every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these thought, all these things are gone forever. What a moment. When God leans down, I imagine him just taking his thumb and just brushing away gently from your cheek the tears that you have in life. And to say, I see that. I know that. And you won't suffer that anymore. How just unbelievable. To wake up and be free from pain. To have your mind working the way you want it to. To never again be be slandered or pushed out of a job or rejected or abused. Verse 5, the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. What in your life right now needs to be made new? God declares, I'm making everything new, including that thing you're thinking about right now. I wonder if God knows that we have trouble sometimes taking in just how good and amazing this is because he says to John, John, Write this down. Get this. Make sure you do not miss this. <laughs> this is trustworthy and true. This is, this is me saying this. Well, friends, seven-year-old Nathan, he needed his dad and mom at home to feel at home. That's what we need. We need our Heavenly Father to be home with us here if we're ever going to feel at home here. Are you under pressure? Are you discouraged about life? Discouraged about our country? Discouraged about the Christian movement? Discouraged about the world? Then picture what John pictures. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. God's home is now among his people. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Amen.